The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. As the practice begins to unfold here, just this simple process of relax, observe, allow, and learn, we start to see more and more experience, more and more different kinds of experiences and how they interrelate with each other. And so the instructions over the course of the time and exploring this in more depth I want to distinguish from what we might think of as typical instructions as something to do you know what I've offered in this early part of the retreat just the simplicity of relax observe allow Recognize awareness, what am I aware of, what's obvious, checking the attitude. That's the basic tool of the practice, the basic technique. And then, of course, learning when to bring in some of our other tools if we get overwhelmed. But as um, we go on in this, and particularly of those of you um, coming for the week, I'm going to be offering what I call instructions in the mornings and evenings, but um, they're actually more of a description of things you might notice than they are instructions about something to do. And so I want to put that out there because I'm still, I'm still learning how to language these instructions as simply, you know, you might notice these things. You don't have to try to find these experiences. I'm going to describe something about body processes and mental processes and how they work together the very discussing of this, just describing it, may begin to point out areas of your experience to you just by hearing this information. And so this is information about things that can be noticed. But I'm not telling you try to do this. You don't have to try to find these experiences. So as we begin to see our experience more clearly, we see that there's things happening in our bodies, bodily sensations, physical experience, heat, coolness, pressure, hardness, vibration, tingling, pulsing. All of those things go on in the physical felt sense, touch sense of the body. There's sight happening, we see form and color, we hear sound, we hear pitch and tone. So there's all of this sense experience that comes in, in the realm of bodily experience. Taste when we're, when we're eating, smell perhaps when we're eating. Sight, sound, smell, taste, touch. So those experiences happen and we can see them. They become very natural, very, very... Um, natural for us to begin to notice the bodily processes at work while we explore our experience with mindfulness. And then there's mental processes at work. Often the mental processes that we're most familiar with are things like emotions and thoughts, mind states, things like that. There's some other mental processes happening, and I'll 
talk about those in a minute. As we begin to explore our experience, we see that these processes are happening. These physical processes are happening. These mental processes are happening. And we can begin to recognize the difference between them. That may sound like a simple and trivial thing, to notice the difference between body and mind. And yet there are some ways in which it's very easy for us to mix them up, conflate them. And so an example of this, as we experience our bodies, we experience pressure, hardness, coolness, heat, vibration, tingling, pulsing. The physical touch sense of our body knows that kind of experience at a bare bones level. That's what our skin knows and what our mind recognizes from the contact with the skin. The way we relate to our experience, our physical experience often though, is through concepts. Our hand, for example, or a foot. And so we may think we're experiencing hand or foot. But hand or foot are ideas. And we don't experience hand. We experience pulsing, tingling, vibration, pressure, heat, coolness. Hand is not in the mix there. Hand is an idea in our mind that's associated with a particular location of those sensations. And yet we often are relating to our experience through concept rather than through the direct, actual experience. This one piece about noticing the difference between direct experience and concept is actually huge in ways that we suffer. Because much of the time when we are reacting to something, Some of the time there's a reaction to, you know, some physical experience that's physically painful or physically pleasant. But even in that, when we start to look at what, where the reactivity comes in around unpleasant physical sensation, some of it may have to do with the actual unpleasantness, but a lot of it has to do with an idea or concept about that experience. This is a problem. This means, this means I'm not going to be able to walk. This means I'm not going to be able to do X, Y, or Z. Or this means whatever. So when we react to something, very often we're not reacting to the actuality of the experience. That reaction is mediated by an idea. It's mediated by a concept. And so we can start to see this. 
Again, not something to do, but something that is revealed as the mindfulness begins to get a little more continuous. We start to recognize the difference between actual physical experience and the concept, in particular the concepts about our body. So this is a helpful distinction to begin to um, have in our minds. When we are relating to experience through concept, it's really, really easy for ideas, meanings, beliefs, views, opinions to slip in and get in the mix of that concept. And that's a lot where our reactivity is born from. So as we start to get familiar, one area of exploration that is one of the easiest places to start to see is the distinction between physical experience and mental experience. And so just some easy ways or some, some ways that this might become apparent. Not that, this, not that you have to do this, but just things that you might begin to notice. We have mental experiences. First, I think, before I talk about the interweaving, I'll talk a little bit about some of the different mental processes. Um, one obvious level of mental processing is emotions. And we can have emotional reactivity to what's our experience of the body. We experience pain and we don't like it. We're averse to it. A very clear uh, link between those two. Something unpleasant happens. There's the feeling of it. There's the the physical sensation of it, which is hardness or pressure or heat or coolness. And then there's the feeling of whether it's pleasant or unpleasant. Those are actually different things too. The, the, um, The touch sense knows kind of qualities of the touch, but also Um, is aware of the pleasant, unpleasant, neutral aspect of experience. That pleasant, unpleasant, neutral aspect of experience is actually a mental experience. In the realm of our physical sensation, it might seem like it's physical, but it's actually put together in the mind, and brain science actually confirms this, that there's an area in the lower brain, in the brainstem, where if that area is damaged, we do not experience pleasant, unpleasant physical experience. So the, uh, the pleasant, unpleasant quality of experiences is part of the mental process at work. And so the first thing we might notice is that there's some stabbing experience or some pulling experience or pressure, a hardness of pressure. And then there may be an unpleasantness there. And then we may notice a an, an dislike of it. And so we have the physical experience of the strong hardness and strong pressure, the mental experience of the unpleasant, and then the mental experience of the not liking. Now, if we're not aware of this set of processes at work, we may simply... Okay, this, this is also an area where, they can, where things can get mixed up. It's like we somehow think that inherent in that physical unpleasant sensation, what we call pain, inherent in that pain is that I don't 
like it. There's no way to have pain without aversion. We might have that belief. They're separate processes, and they can be pulled apart. The uh, process of aversion is an extra add-on. It's an extra experience that is mentally created in reaction to an unpleasant experience. And so with bodily experience, we can notice the bodily experience and then recognize what are the mental processes associated with that, those physical processes. Beginning to recognize the difference. Beginning to recognize there's a concept There's perhaps an identification of a body part. There's the response to pleasant-unpleasant. There's an emotional response. All of these processes are going on pretty much simultaneously in our experience. And so we can, in this receptive mode of awareness, begin to see all of these processes at play together and how they interrelate And so, for example, you know, our bodily experience can condition mental experience. This this example of pain in the body, physical unpleasant sensation, conditioning a reaction of aversion, that's one very common response. Mental, physical experience, conditioning mental experience. Mental experience... Things that happen in our mind can also feed back and impact our body. So we have the arising of an emotion, anger, for instance. I think we're all familiar in a way that when we have an emotion arise, it creates sensations in the body. Pressure and heat, perhaps. Tension or tightness in the throat. This is another area where mind and body can get mixed up we may interpret the um, physical sensations as being the emotion. I mean, there's, there's, they're an aspect of the emotion. The emotion is very linked to those physical sensations. But they're not the same thing. The emotion is a mental experience. The sensations are, um, we could call a physical correlate of the uh, a mental experience. So they're distinct. Beginning to recognize the distinction there. And so physical, mental experience can condition physical experience. Emotion conditioning physical experience. It's helpful actually to notice this distinction between physical experience that's a result of an emotion and the emotion itself. Because certain physical experiences there's different well different emotions may have very similar physical experiences and again that's a place where we can get confused I was on one retreat uh, waiting for uh, an interview it was a long retreat and it was like you know I had an interview every third day and so it was three days since I talked And I was waiting, and I typically got a little bit anxious in that situation. And so I was sitting, waiting for the interview, and the person ahead of me took a long time. So I sat there for a long time. And I was feeling a lot of 
agitated energy in the body. And my mind said, well, that's anxiety. And so I was recognizing the experience as anxiety. I was sitting there noting anxiety, 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 yep, anxiety. And um, at some point, because the interview went on for so long, I recognized, wow, you know, normally when I'm actually meeting my experience, knowing what's happening in the present moment, something changes and shifts. And nothing was particularly changing or shifting. And so I got curious about that. And I started actually more directly connecting to the physical sensations. So I started noticing the energy. And the energy was kind of starting from the feet and moving up in these like rapid waves. Just it was kind of unsettling energy, but it was, it was moving upwards like that. And as I connected to the actual physical experience and let go of naming it anxiety, I recognized that what was actually happening was rapture, not anxiety. So this was a situation where the physical correlate of rapture and the physical correlate of anxiety were similar enough. They both had a lot of high energy in the body. In this case, this, this kind of rapture had a lot of high energy in the body. The context that I was in, waiting for the interview, having habitually been uh, anxious in that place, in that situation, my uh, mind felt those sensations and attributed anxiety to them. And it wasn't until I actually started looking more directly at the physical sensation that that clarity between the body as just the kind of correlate for the emotion and the actual mental state was, was clear. So noticing the difference between body and mind, we can begin to recognize that difference. And when we're observing physical experience, to clearly know that we're observing physical experience versus an emotional state. a question that can be helpful or interesting to explore um, when there is reactivity present. We may think we know what we're reacting to. Maybe it's a sound, you know, the motorcycle going by, or maybe it's a pain in the knee. And we think we know we're reacting to that pain in the knee or that sound. But as the mindfulness gets more clear, we may actually see that there's something in between the sound and the reaction. An idea that shouldn't be happening. And it's that idea that we're reacting to more than the actual sound or more than the actual experience. And so a question that can be used in investigation, and this is a little bit of a doing, but when there's reactivity, just dropping in the question, what, is act, what, are we, what am I actually reacting to? Is there something that I've not seen that's possible to know here? What we think is happening is often not the whole picture. And so this receptive awareness that I've been exploring and talking about 
is a key piece of opening up to things that we're not often aware of. As, as we've heard in some of the descriptions of what's happening, we become aware of things that are, are not so um, conscious to us at times when we're in this receptive mode. And so when there's reactivity, kind of stepping back, what else is happening here? What else is happening here? How does this reactivity come about? <laughs> 